Right, all right. It's Real Life, Real Equity with your host, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Life Real Equity. And today we have a pretty special guest with us today. We have known these individuals for quite some time. Justin has known them for over half his life. And so they are an amazing team that strives to inspire, equip, and empower everyday people to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. Their mission in life is simple, reach, touch, and impact lives. He believes the road to success lies in pursuing your passions because each person was born to be great. As a business leader with over 20 years of corporate leadership experience, he teaches leaders and entrepreneurs how rallying around a vision and common purpose helps deliver winning teams and sustainable results. As a licensed minister, he has taken his message of faith, hope, and love to many, enabling them to unleash their greatness. Now, her primary passion of uplifting and encouraging others is achieved through her empowerment coaching. Her life-changing motivational speaking is frequently sought after and featured on her Monday motivational radio segment, men and women's wellness seminars, editorials for the Real KC and She KC Lifestyle, beauty clinics, and more. Through her own internet television series and podcast, Insights with the Trees, She passionately empowers individuals to live their best lives through Christ and express their individual gifting. She is also a frequent guest and co-host at CBS and NBC affiliate stations. They are the proud parents of five beautiful girls. They are active members at their local church, as well as very involved in various community outreaches in the Kansas City metro area. Ladies and gentlemen, let us introduce to you today, Olivier and Latrice Kabuya. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Very glad to be here. Absolutely. So we get a, the opportunity to, to talk to a lot of very interesting people, a lot of very cool people. But today it's very special. We get the opportunity to uh, interview somebody who I've known 20 years. Yeah. Wow. It's always fun to, you know, circle back around from adulthood, you know, be able to talk to the people that have inspired you and had such an impact on you. So with that being said, I wanted to interview you all. You all do some amazing things. Talk to us a little bit about where you all are from, what you all uh, got in business doing, and just tell our audience why I am so amazed with what you all are doing right now. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, first of all, it's such an honor and a pleasure to be on on this podcast with you guys. So thank you so much. You're I'm welcome. Um, I'm the better half of, of the community. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my background is this. I'm a farm girl. I, I grew up in Tonganoxie, Kansas, on a farm, um, 52 acres with my parents and four, four sisters. My mom was, to me, she was an entrepreneur because she ran the house and she took care of that home. Yeah. And so she was a stay-at-home mother. And so she was mother manager is what I call her. And then we had my dad who actually 
was in corporate America, retired, but he had two other businesses, one being the farm, and then he was a mechanic. So he had a mechanic business as well. And so that's a little bit about my history, my background. And then we have the, the mister over here. I guess uh, I would be the worst half since she's the better. <laughs> <laughs> so Olivier Kabuya, I was uh, raised on the continent of Africa, in the Central Africa, uh, in the country of Congo. My both parents, really, are entrepreneur. Uh, my dad, I would, you know, consider him a entrepreneur as, as well as entrepreneur. So he worked for a, a major manufacturing company back in the Congo as an executive in that company. But uh, outside of that, he also did real estate as well on the side, as well as a retail business, a retail store that he was also uh, running. So my mom did everything. One time she had a sewing business that she did for quite a while. She had taxi cab business. Uh, she had truck moving, you know, moving asphalt and so forth business. So she was in transportation, wow. and she ended up right now, she's also doing real estate as well, uh, having a, a retail store as well. So that's kind of a little bit my background. As of now, I run, I work for a major corporation, a retail corporation as well here mm -hmm. in the state. I'm an executive at that, at that uh, corporation, and I run also a business that basically focuses in marketing. Wow. So, you know, all come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Yes. I mean, it's it amazing. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and what I what I found most interesting was the fact that you are an Olivia, you are an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. That is a very interesting topic. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. So, entrepreneur uh, and most people are probably more familiar with that terminology, that term. Entrepreneur you know, somebody who owns a, a business and provides the product or services to a targeted audience. And so the, it takes a certain level of strategy, skills, approach to be an effective and great entrepreneur. And really when you think of an entrepreneur, you think of somebody who's pretty much make the existence of their, out of their business. You know, they pay the light bills, take care of the families based on that business that they have to run. So, and most entrepreneurs in the United States are what are considered small business owners. And typically, it's literally one to two people running the business, you know, the majority of those. Mm. Uh, the, the one beyond that, it's a small percentage of that, but the majority of entrepreneurs in the United States are pretty, are basically sole proprietors, people who are running their business by themselves. Right. right. So, they, they have to get up every day in order to, pretty much make that money to be able to support their family or et cetera. And it takes them that approach that they have to take, which is to, to be uh, innovative, to challenge status quo in their business, to, to tackle challenges in their business with a get to attitude, with decisiveness to, to deliver on results. They know that yeah. the outcome of the business, the success of the business relies solely on them. Well, I take the same strategy, the same approach when I work for co in corporate America. So in, there I am responsible, and that's what I call intrapreneur. So I take the same approach that an entrepreneur would take to run their business, to run the 
part of the business that I'm responsible for in co- corporate America. And, and that has previewed me to experience tremendous uh, success over the last 20 years. That is wow. absolutely amazing. And what I really want to highlight is the reality behind what you just said before we move on. You know, there's a big movement for entrepreneurialism, if that's a word, you know, for <laughs> entrepreneurship. And, and really, <laughs> and really, you know, we don't talk a lot about the entrepreneur. There mm-hmm. is a, a huge not only need, but it's a, it's a skill set to be an entrepreneur, to take mm-hmm. another, and I, I'm going to say this, it may sound a little clunky, but another person's business and make it your own and run it as your own. That's absolutely. a skill in and of itself. Yeah. No, and you're absolutely right. It is, it is a skill set. And, and actually, in uh, entrepreneurship, which is actually a term, the skills probably that is the most sought after skill in that, that businesses are looking, when they're looking somebody with those kind of qualities, they're really looking with somebody who's innovative and somebody who's willing to come challenge the status quo and really bring innovation to the company. And so when you, you think of entrepreneurship, the thing that is most thought of is the fact that people are really innovative in the way they approach the, the business and in the, the way that they run the part of the business that they're responsible for. And, and you know, Keisha and I are both business owners, your business owner, uh, Latrice, your business owner. I know if yeah. I had a entrepreneur that I was seeking after, I would be a lot more I would be a lot more prone to hire an entrepreneur than I would even a yeah. typical manager because an entrepreneur has that, that innovative thought process. It's a little bit different than just another mm-hmm. manager. So I think that's what a lot of companies, um, a lot of the big companies that have really made it successfully have been able to do, you know, they've been able to hire the right people to, to fit the mold. Yeah, that's correct. And so, Latrice, I have seen you do quite a few things. You have really impacted the community, especially with young girls. Please share with the audience more of what you do in your business and how it has made a tremendous effect, especially with young girls and young women. Yes. Well, I'm a speaker, and I'm also a coach, life coach. And here, here's, it's real simple for me. I am an answer to someone's problem. Um, bottom line, right? So I help people discover, mm-hmm. connect, and express their real self, their authentic self. I help them go through like just self-development, self-awareness, because it's so important. And it's be- it's important to me, and it's my passion because I walk through um, such a challenging time in my life trying to understand who I was, what my purpose was, my identity. I I definitely had an identity crisis. And so I had low self-esteem, and and I I didn't value myself, and I didn't know what my self-worth was. And so over time, I was able to overcome that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with that, anytime you are on the other side of anything, you always go back and help others. And so that's what I do. I didn't know at first when I started this that it was a business or I could get paid, you know, to do this, to speak to people and impact people with my words and and inspire people. But um, that's what happened, and that's what I'm doing. It's something I love to do, something that just, you know, it's a natural high to be able 
to be the answer to someone's problem, to operate in purpose. And so yeah. I, I help I help people. I help I I definitely specialize in the the women as well as the youth girls, but I'm no stranger to talking to groups of men and boys as well. That's really powerful. And, you know, you have done some amazing things just with really high-level people. Um, You gave us an example at one point in a previous conversation (laughs) about a lady that you impacted, uh, (laughs) about a lady you impacted while she was sitting in your chair. Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, well, you know, also my background is um, beauty, makeup, and so for um, years I traveled with Estee Lauder, and I worked for so many different brands, and I would have women in my chair, and first of all, it was always an experience, you know, because, you know, everyone does makeup, or a lot of people, rather, and I always wanted people to leave with an experience. Experience, You know, it wasn't just your everyday makeup type of situation. And so I always incorporated, you know, yes, I could do that outside and make that pretty, but I always incorporated the healing aspect from the inside. So it, it really was working inside out. And so my company where I do the makeup side of things is called Let's Get Pretty. And that means prepare, redefine, express, the total you. So you weren't just getting a makeover from the outside. It was starting from the inside. And so there was this lady, and she was a mature age, and she was sitting in my chair. And all I said to her was that um, she was beautiful, and she cried. Now, what was interesting about this lady, if you would have seen her, you would have thought she had it all together, that she was living her best life. I mean, she was very wealthy. She was very put together, very articulate, and so when she sat in my chair, if I hadn't been so confident in who I was, she could have been very intimidating to me, and so Hmm. as I started talking with her, and I was just like, you are so beautiful, tears fell down her face, and I was like, oh my gosh, what did I say, and she was just like, she had not heard that in years. Now, here's the interesting part. She was married, and she was a pillar, or is still a pillar, in the community. So she was pouring and pouring and pouring out, but there was nothing being imparted in her and deposited in her. So um, I did that for her that day. And from that point on, I realized, oh, bigger than makeup and so that's kind of how the speaking engagement came about that's a that's a really powerful story i wanted to make sure our audience heard this story because there's some significance that we found behind that and you know everyone seems like they have it all together until you get them behind closed doors we did a podcast about this a couple episodes back where we talked about how to actually get somebody's real story Mm -hmm. if you haven't checked out the podcast definitely go check that out because when you actually get somebody's real story, mm-hmm. you will get mm-hmm. the good, the bad, mm-hmm. the ugly. You'll get the tears. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, it is very a powerful statement because, you know, I do work with um, celebrities. And sometimes when they are in my chair, you know, in 
fact, there was one particular situation where the celebrity came in to town. I was just supposed to do her makeup and be done. She asked if she could pay me to stay with her all day just because of the things that I was saying. And she just wanted to be encouraged, inspired, and, and that's what I did. I did her makeup one time that whole day. And I was like, well, do you want me to do touch-ups? You know, all those things. And she was like, no, I just want you with me. And she just wanted oh, to wow. talk. Yeah, yeah. That's a gift. That's a really powerful gift. Yeah. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to miss the mister in your life. And so, <laughs> Olivier, talk to us a little bit about your business because we didn't get to talk in as much depth. We talked about the entrepreneur. Let's talk about the entrepreneur. Well, uh, as an entrepreneur, the business that I run is the name of the business is Globebridge Media. And the purpose or the, what we do at Globebridge Media is focused basically on uh, ministries and uh, organization of faith, okay? Um, And our purpose is really to help them extend their reach, improve their touch, and increase their impact. So that's really the purpose of Globebridge Media. And we do this by using emerging technology to help these ministries, these uh, speakers have a voice, amplify their voice so that they can effectively target their, their audience. A lot of times what, we, what I discover, I've been probably doing consulting the side of this since probably the early, I would say probably around 2003 or so, but mm-hmm. really have, been, have decided to launch into a full-fledged business in uh, 2013, so about six years ago. And okay. uh, what I discovered quickly was that uh, people definitely had a message. Okay, and with most ministry, they go to studies, uh, they you know go to Bible schools or seminaries, etc. So they the, these leaders get well educated, but what there's always a gap that happens is that they do not necessarily know how to use today's technology and tools to deliver their message. So they have the content, right. but they're not familiar on how to now use today's tools in order to deliver their message or their content. And so that's what we do now. We also work with, you know, I hate the term small business. We do work with small businesses as well, with, you know, uh, speakers, authors, etc., in building either their website. We even uh, work on building mobile apps. We do the social media marketing as well as the website is a big component of our business. And we do also video production. Oh, wow. That's really powerful. Now, now I want to make sure that I, I <laughs> highlight, you started in 2003 and just officially launched in 2013. Now, for some people, mm-hmm. that may sound like you waited a long time. Mm-hmm. But to me, all mm-hmm. I could hear was 10,000 hours. Yeah. And 10 years to mastery. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Outliers. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that you spent 10 years, I would say in incubation, mm-hmm practicing your craft to gain yep. mastery enough to actually launch a business that could be effective. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of people out there who just, they see the social media image or the social media post of the Lambo or the G5 jet, and they think, yep. if I just buy this one system, I'll automatically be a millionaire. Yeah. But they're overlooking the fact that it takes, on average, 10 years or 10,000 hours 
to gain yeah. mastery yeah. of a craft. And you spent 10 years, and you've been doing it for now 16 years. So you spent 10 years yeah. just in the incubation. You are absolutely right. Oftentimes people, you know, they have an idea, okay? They have this tuition idea, and they have, you know, they're like, you know what, I'm good at this. Maybe I should go ahead and start a business. Now, without any preparation, without any established skill or anything, they literally go invest. And sometimes what is that, and I've literally dealt with people who have come to me, had invested thousands and thousands of dollars, like to the examples that you say, to, hey, into a program or whatever, thinking that it automatically will provide them the, the mastery that they needed in order to start and launch a business. And then they come to me and say, hey, I need you to help me market this. Of what we do, we ask questions. And, and sometimes one of yeah. the simple questions, I, I remember having this person coming to me say, hey, I want to be uh, established my, myself as a speaker. And I'm like, okay, well, what is the topic you want to speak on? What is your topic? What, is, you know, what, do, you, what do you speak on? Or this, oh, I, I want to help businesses. Okay. I'm like, great. So what business have you run? None. Okay, all right, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, have you, what's your experience in corporate America or whatever? What do you bring to the table? And better yet, and this is a question I typically ask people, I say, you want to brand yourself, you want to do all these things. If you, I were to ask you to define yourself in three words. Give me three words that define you as a person. And the person could not answer. And so they ended up leaving, and I told them, I said, you know what, you may want to go and figure out really, first of all, who you are as a person. That's one. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, during those 10 years, that was also part of what I had to figure out. What really was I good at? And so what yeah. I, I tell people is that it is great for you to have a, an idea for a business. It is great, but make sure you master your craft before you throw yourself out there and then end up spending thousands and thousands of dollars and have nothing to show for. Yeah. yeah. And I, I actually appreciate the fact that when you, when you talk to the person that you just gave in that example, you actually gave them an out because I remember when I talked to somebody in particular and I said, Hey, I want to do X, Y, Z. There was no out. There was only what experience do you have? You asked them, yeah what I just heard, at least three questions. Yeah. What experience do you have? Yep. What, do you, what kind of businesses you run? Mm -hmm. do you, have you been in corporate America? Mm -hmm. Because yep. there's a lot of, to me, and, and I haven't found this in reading, but there are at least three different types of learning. There's the theoretical knowledge, there's the street experience-based knowledge, and then there's a hybrid of both. And so for you yep. not to have knocked that person because they just didn't have the experience or street knowledge, I commend you for that because there's a lot of people out there who get paid a lot of money for theoretical and philosophy-based knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's the, the thing that gets me all the time. Not that these people were not extremely bright, but when, when you look at today's world and the way the world is moving, what people are really looking for, and my wife alluded to this by saying she's an answer to somebody's problem. What really people... And, and when I say people, it, because people are the target market, okay? It's composed of people. Right. Your audience, your clients, your customers is people. And what people are truly looking for is somebody who could solve a problem that they have. 
Providing the solution to a problem does not necessarily mean that you have to go to an Ivy League school, graduate at the top of that class, in order for you to have the ability to provide a solution to the problem. You have to have been able to develop a set of skills and knowledge that equip you to be able to see, to identify a problem and say, here's the solution, and have at least a level of proven track record that you've been able to solve that problem. I read this quote once by uh, Warren Buffett, which he said that in past the millennium, he said what people are really going to be looking for is people, not necessarily people who are coming from Ivy League school and so forth, but people who can think for themselves and who can solve problems. Because how the way technology even is advancing, advancing at such high pace, for businesses to stay alive, they need to bring in new blood that can come in and disrupt what's happening in the company to help keep the company alive. I mean, we all know the story of, uh, of uh, Blockbuster. You know, Blockbuster was going strong, and then, hey, here comes Netflix, here comes all of these online uh, red box. I saw on TV the other day there's only one blockbuster state, you know, in the world that's almost turning into a museum because people are traveling there. Just to see, <laughs> oh, wow. you know? And when I, I mean, it's funny because when I even talk to my my, my kids about it, I mentioned, yeah, oh, we yeah. used to. They have they, that concept of going, <laughs> what, going to the store going to get again. what? <laughs> yeah, they're like they turn on the TV and just go to Netflix, get on their iPad or whatever for Hulu right. and everything is streaming. <laughs> so the concept of going grab a DVD, a VCR, and I mean, it's totally yeah. foreign to them. But, Be right. kind, please but rewind. People, right. <laughs> yeah, but when people people who are able to disrupt the change, to identify a problem and provide a solution. You will, if you can solve a problem, you will never be out of a job or out of a position. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. good. No, it made me think about, like, we always have this conversation, um, and we recently had this conversation with another guest on how our children are becoming more critical thinkers yeah. versus being individuals where, yes, it's important to learn, it's important to, you know, make good grades and everything, but even with uh, my oldest, a lot of her work and what they do with her at school and what we do with her here at home is critical thinking. And that just makes me think about where you both have come from. One question I want to ask is, what would you tell your younger you 10 or 20 years ago now? Wow. You know, for me, it would be that um, you have endless opportunities don't limit yourself because of age or because of what people say but whatever is in your heart to do go for it be diligent be disciplined believe in yourself and you will accomplish it you know those were not words that were given to me and i look now at the things that i'm doing right now i was doing at 10 and 11. Age is, is literally a number. Being now 47 is that, you know, there's no limit. When a door closes, God has created us so unique. And he has given us these creative abilities that we can find a way to 
build a door, right? Or, you know what? Right. We can think out of the box. We don't even need a door. How about that? But we can make our own opportunities. You know, we've been taught to wait for an opportunity. For what? Why? Why, why are we waiting? What are yeah. we waiting mm. on? It's already in us to do. It is just up to us to do it. Be diligent. Be disciplined about it. So that's what I would tell my younger self. No limitations. There's opportunities awaiting you. Go for it. And, and I, I'm going to wow. jump and okay. add, add to that because as she talks about opportunities, opportunities are always around us, okay? And if I could tell myself something is that I've always believed that I was born for greatness. Mm. I was born to be great. Mm. Uh, that is something that was instilled in me, mm. that there was nothing that I couldn't accomplish. But one thing that I had to discover, just because you're born to be great, doesn't mean that you will be great. Mm. You were born to be. That to be thing, is it's a process. So you have to go through things. You will have failure. You will uh, experience disappointment. But that does not take away from the potential that is in you to be great, to achieve greatness. But the fact that you are just born to be great that is not the end. You now have to embark on, on this journey, on this process toward greatness. And along that way, opportunities will arise. But unless you seize them, there will remain opportunities, and you will go past them, but there's always somebody that will pick up that opportunity. How many of us have ever thought of an idea, and you think of an idea or you think of something, you don't do anything about it, and then years pass, and then you see that manifest, and you're like, man, I thought about this five years ago. I had that idea. But now you see somebody who has actually had the same idea. They took the effort to make it happen. So unless you seize the opportunity that's before you, unless you put your hands to the plow and decide, hey, I'm going to work on it, I'm going to stay diligent to achieve greatness, unless you do that, greatness will never manifest. Wow, that's really powerful. Talk to us a little bit about the reality moments that you all face during entrepreneurship and, and what you took to persist through it. Well, I would say, wow, when I decided to start back in 2013, I decided to jump and say, you know what, uh, and actually, Willie, also, I have to, <laughs> to be frank, it, was, it started really by, I want to say, accident, but I was invited to speak to a group of business owners. There was about oh, 50 people in the room, and to talk to them mm -hmm. about social media and how they can use it to foster their business. So I went and conducted the class, and at the end of the class, I mean, everybody in the room was like, oh, my goodness, the information was phenomenal. Can we have your business card? How do we stay in touch with you? But, well, I had none of that. And so I went back home, and the person who invited me for that session calls me and said, hey, my phone keeps ringing. All these people want to know how they can get in touch with you, how they can hire you to help them, and so forth. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's this? I thought I just came to make a speech. And so that, that led me to get started and say, you know what, I'll just go ahead and launch a business. Well, because of that, I initially thought, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be great. All right? People are just going to come, knock at the door, and business coming nonstop. Well, oh, yeah. that yeah. was not the truth. 
okay, real quick reality settled in to realize that uh, people don't just come knock at your door and say, hey, what business do you have? You have to go out there and look for your client. You have to present your product. You have yeah. to present your services in order for that to manifest. Wow. What about you, Latrice? Well, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> because the reality is, you know, a lot of times you just see the good side of things or, you know, when people see me in the community, there's not one specific incident, but what I'll say is an ongoing being diligent and disciplined. And if you're not, you know, yes, you may have had an amazing event where you you were the speaker and afterwards people, you know, will tell you, oh, my gosh, you're so wonderful, you're so amazing, and all that great stuff. And so you're like, okay, great, you know, here's my card, here's my call. Oh, I'm going to call you, I'm going to call you, and no phone is ringing, yeah. right? Yeah. And, mm. and the harsh yeah. reality of that is, yeah, that's, they're on a high right now. They're, you know, yeah. And so, one, that helped me to make sure when I am speaking to any type of audience, I don't care what type of audience, that they truly have concrete tools to take with them to make those changes and adjustments in their life, right? But right. not only that, I realize that if I don't keep pushing, it doesn't matter. Not, no one's going to call. Someone can say how great you are and, and tell you how wonderful and, you know, a speaker. But I have to always have it on my mind. If I'm in the grocery store, if I'm in the park, I guarantee you I am marketing myself in one of the areas of my business. And so what I would say is, as far as low points is when I am not diligent, I see the fruit of it. But when I am diligent, <laughs> I see the fruit of that as well. And so it's not something easy and it's not something you do overnight. It's something that is you, who you are. It's your passion. It's your commitment. And it's just it's your purpose. It's what you're called to do. So it's done every day, all day. And, and, and I'm going to jump again and add to that as well. So to what she's talking about diligence, I, I always talk about the, the triple D, and that's diligence, determination, mm. and discipline. The triple D is a key to anybody experiencing success because you're going to have highs, you're going to have low. But if you remain disciplined, you remain diligent. You don't quit. You don't let anything, and you are determined because you are focused with the outcome. You will experience success. When that person is on that high and they're excited, close them right and there. Okay. Take the time to close them. Take the time to set an appointment, to get something in the book, or to set a test trial, but get them engaged because that is yeah. the moment where you have them close the deal right then. You let that slide by. It may never come back again. Mm -hmm. That's sage wisdom right there. I mean, I tell you what, that is sage wisdom for all of those aspiring entrepreneurs, the entrepreneurs that are there. Yeah, this is a good reminder, just really good advice. If you have the opportunity to close someone, if you have a good product or service, you're doing them an injustice by not offering them to join you on your journey by helping them with whatever your product or service is. Matter of fact, 
tell them how they can reach out to you because I know, Latrice, you have a podcast. You all do uh, some radio work together. Talk to us a little bit about how they can reach out to you, learn more about what you all are working on. Uh, obviously, they're going to be in our newsletter, so if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, go subscribe now, realliferalequity.com forward slash newsletter. That's realliferalequity.com forward slash newsletter. That way you can get everything we're going to talk about next. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to make it easy for everyone. We, um, there's, <laughs> we have different websites and, you know, different email address, but uh, we'll just center it down to one, and that is going to be teamkabuya.info. So if you go to team Kabuya, that's team, K-A, B as in boy, U-Y-A, dot info, it will basically tell you a little bit about my wife and I, what we do, and uh, provide you, of course, links uh, to our uh, individual websites and uh, businesses. Awesome. So teamkabuya.info, that's T-E-A-M, Kabuya, K-A-B-U-Y-A, dot info, if you want to learn more about the Kabuyas, Team Kabuya, they're killing it uh, out here in Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> definitely go check out their website. <laughs> definitely you. go check out their website. So, you know, with that being said, we just want to thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, such a phenomenal interview. A lot of thank great you. things talked about. And we're excited for the next time. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. We, you know, I'll say this. You started out in the beginning talking about knowing us for so many years and we've watched you grow, you know, and not, it's not just um, physically, but just, man, you're killing the game. Yeah. You, you too. Right. And we are so proud of you so guys because you're really impacting lives, right? You're changing life. You're changing generations. And that's what it's all about. Operating that's in right. purpose, being diligent, taking those risks, getting out of the comfort zone, and you guys are doing it. So bravo to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.